This is the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry. Good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm good, Matt. How are you? What's, oh, what's going I'm, on? Oh, I'm tip top. <laughs> I am. Tip top. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, you know, well, um, it's like you're in Louisiana, so I can't really complain, but it's been mid to high nineties and like, you know, just enough humidity, just below the level of rain. So it's been quite miserable in that regard. Nice. You know, you get a fan going, it's not too bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, once you get the body moving a little bit, man, you get soaked pretty quick, but Hey, maybe that's yeah, your, 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 your t-shirt stuck to your back before you get to the car. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm dealing with that. And, and you know what? I'm, I am forcing myself to avoid air conditioning. I, find that even though air conditioning is very comfortable, I find the more that I depend on it, the more I'm miserable when I'm outside without it. And so I'm trying to, yeah. I don't have, I'm trying to stay away from it. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't yeah. use it here in New Orleans. So yeah. no. when, whenever I have to, I do, but you know. Anyway, weird intro to this whole podcast thing. So uh, <laughs> I do apologize, but that's what was on my mind. Um, anyway, so let's fire away here. So, but uh, I know you're doing good and it's always good to catch up yeah, with you. It's been a little doing, bit since we've chatted. So you look refreshed. Well, well, you just came to visit me. So, you know, I, oh, I did. You, I you did. were just down here. So we, we and I will have to tell. Yeah, I'll have to tell the, the listeners that it was amazing. And it wasn't yeah. amazing. For, you know, we just had good brotherly time. My brother Charlie joined us. We ate good food. We hung out at a cool pool. We uh, hung out on a on rooftop deck. It's right on the, uh, the Mississippi. You know, on one side, you can see downtown New Orleans. And, you know, the rest of it, you're overlooking the Bywater. And Crescent Park, I believe, is the name of it. So it was, yeah, yeah. It was spectacular. The weather held out. And it was just a good vibe. It was chilled out. It was relaxed and uh it was um what's what i'm looking for kind of like i don't know cleansing it was good to hang out my brothers it was good cool anyway so getting into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing here so i don't know where that phrase came from but anyway i need you to bring up your buddy here because this is going to be good because i've been aware of this individual since i was and you know maybe just breaking double digits of age here so probably like even before high school. So I was a kind of yeah. aware of this individual somewhere on that time frame. So, um, but anyway, uh, well, what do we got, man? Well, you know, I, I'm going to bring up some memories that, that our guest probably doesn't even remember. Um, but going way back. Yeah. I've, I've, I've known this, this, this guy for 35 years, even though I've not seen him in a long time. Uh, but speaking of heat, he's coming from Las Vegas. We got uh, Mr. Pyro Pete Cappadocia, man. How are you? Good, good, damn good, man. Just, it's, it's been a long freaking time, brother. It's been a few. But, you know, it's weird because you don't realize it because in our business, and my friends called me out on it at time. They say, you know, you can go on the road and not see somebody and then come home and then it's two or three years later and pick up a conversation, you, you know, like the last time you, you talked to that person. And it's that way with a lot of road people, you know. Sometimes it's just a given that you see people in transit and then you don't see them for a while and then you see them again, you, you, you know, but it's, it's a weird thing to just be able to see people you haven't seen in a while and just start talking like, oh yeah, well, how's you? you know, it's like, wow, I haven't seen you in that long. Holy you, know, crap. you know, that's behavior that, that we were, you know, we all have, you know, and if you're not in the industry, the people just don't understand that, you know, you, we can almost pick up a conversation two years later where we left it off, you know. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 
But, you know, going back to that, going back to, you know, uh, how I know you, I mean, a, a lot of the reasons I do this podcast is I, I like to revisit old memories, you know, and, and our memories are important to us. And, and, you know, I get into this because this podcast is all about, you know, archiving and telling our stories and, 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 and you know, just, you know, I keep saying in this podcast, you know, if we don't archive ourselves, nobody's going to do it for us. So, you know, telling these stories, getting them recorded and getting them for other people to listen to, that's really important to me. But, you know, I, I, I go back, my first memory of you, and I, and I went online to see when the show was, but it was uh, January 1983. I used to be the house lighting guy at the Agora Ballroom in West Hartford. It might have been called the Stage West by then, but it was the Agora Ballroom. Yeah. And it was a plasmatic show, yeah. plasmatic show. And, and uh, you had mortars taped down to the deck everywhere, all around the band. And I just couldn't believe how much stuff was on stage. And you would sit on the ground, Indian style, with your legs crossed, with this little controller in your lap, yeah. with, your, with your mohawk. And shit was just going off all around the band. And I just could not fucking believe it. I mean, that show was so insane, yet so actually choreographed that, yeah, for different songs, I'd have to shoot from different positions on the stage because of where the action was and what was the sequence of events that was going to happen, you know? So, yeah, I used to have to position around and, you know, the the, the bass player and the drummer had, you know, well, obviously the drummer had to stay put, but the bass player had a very small, you know, like when we did a song shit was going to blow up, everyone had to hit their marks. So for yeah. as chaotic as it was, it was actually, that was actually pretty chaotic. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we, it was fun. But yeah, I used to have to move around. I couldn't just shoot the whole show, you know, like we do now. You, you get your control area set up, you get a couple of monitors. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, uh, and, you know, back in those days, I mean, there was there was no method. I mean, we used to because I, I I got into pyro very soon after meeting you. I mean, you were one of the reasons I got into pyro. But we Sorry. used to have to we used to have to buy the individual bags of powder and mix them yourself and and do the A and the B and all these things. So, were you were you just figuring it out as you went along? How did you how did you? Okay, so here's it's it, it all started with the plasmatics. So yeah, uh, I I my mother worked at a college. So we had free tuition. So it was like, you're going to college. And I was like, I don't want to go to college. So I took theater. So I was a theater major. Right? In New York? In Long Island. Hospital Long University Island. on Long Island. Now, my friend's sister went out with this guy, Rob, that did the pyro for the plasmatics. Now, we were all into the punk scene. So that was really cool. We, we went to a lot of plasmatic shows. And I would help a little bit. And then Rob was like, hey, we're going on the road. We need another guy. And so what do you need me to do? They were like, everything. You're going to drive. You're going to unload. You're going to help me. You're going you're gonna to set up the back line. I was like, sure. Sounds like a great job. And then we did that. And then maybe a couple of a month or so later, he didn't want to tour anymore. So because he used to do uh, TV and movie stuff in and around the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. Right. So we, he had a little studio in New York and he went over there and we had class. It was like, okay, for this, this is how we said, now I was helping him already. Mm -hmm. So I knew how to set it up, 
And, but I didn't necessarily know the nuts and bolts, why it was set up like this and what, you know, so he actually went through, this is why we only use this for this. And this is why this powder is for that. And this is, so it went from me just, you know, helping and not really, you know, understanding everything that was going on to being taught what to do. And then we would go to the plasmatics rehearsal space and we'd run through some of these sections of the show you know, the, the, the heavy effects sections. And just to make sure I got it, we'd shoot it with like little quarter size loads, you know, just to make sure everything went off. And we used to do testing on the roof. I mean, the, the weird part about it now is we'd be so arrested for what we used to do <laughs> because we were downtown Manhattan on the roof of the building, blowing stuff up you know, testing little speaker cabinet explosions and testing how much I needed to, you know, make the, the flower pot blow up and whatever else she had on stage. So, yeah, so it was, I got thrown right into the deep end, but I, you know, I, I had, luckily I had a guy that was, you know, willing to, to share all his, his secrets. So I had a notebook and everything. And then, you know, as I traveled around, you had different local pyro guys and you befriended them and you learned more and you learned more and you learn more. So I was always, you know, ask a lot of questions and reach out to, to local guys. Cause the good thing was they were always real interested in what we were doing. You know, right. Oh my God, this is crazy. I saw the list of what you want to do. This is, you know, and then, and because the guy that trained me was basically a movie effects guy, the plasmatics were all really, they weren't, kind of rock and rolly effect. Like there was no shot of eight flash pots going off, you know, and there was no waterfall down the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used airburst, but when we used airburst, she was shooting at lights with a shotgun and the airbursts were going off, you know? Right, and then we right, concussion, right. but our concussions were in the speaker cabinet, the fake speaker cabinet. So when she shot at the fake, the prop speaker cabinet, which actually was a real speaker cabinet that we ended up turning into the exploding cabinet, uh, you know, she would shoot at that, the concussion more. So we were using the same fundamental devices, but not right. in the way that, you know, that you would use them to, at a traditional show. So it was kind of good that I had that. So then when I came on with other acts, you know, at that time, Pyro was in its infancy and we were creating how you did it. Yeah. Did, did you did. used to make your airburst by yeah. little plastic bags and you, you would tie around the blast and, and you put the match in there, saran wrap, right? Right. And it has to be regular saran wrap because saran wrap, uh, when it blows up, it, it when it burns, it burns to ash. It doesn't melt. Gotcha. It, it actually is, is pretty Pretty good. That's the way I used to make them. I used to use saran wrap and, and yeah. stick I mean, a match could, in there, a little bit of powder, and get a pot right, right. I mean, you could use a plastic bag because yes, there's been shows where we, we ran out of saran wrap. You had to make with plastic. You know what I mean? So, but now right. the, the kids, the pyro kids today, and I'm the crotchety old guy. Yeah, they, yeah. if they need 50 airbursts, well, they order 50 airbursts. So of course, they come in a box. Yeah. Yeah, I remember on Kiss, me and and Hammer, Tom Foster. Tom Foster, uh, he was the yeah. guy. Yeah, he was a great guy. He taught me a lot of stuff. Uh, we were on Kiss together, and when you had time off, you made airbursts because we yeah. had to hang like 80 airbursts a night. And yeah, you had to mix up the powder, the one ounce thing, and you got the uh, 32 at, you know, at a half a gram and you got 16 and you use the measuring cap and you'd lay it out and you, you know, yeah, yeah, like, the little, the little plastic bottles. Yeah. Right. yeah but, but before we get into kiss, let's, 
let's stick on the plasmatics just for a second because yeah, you yeah. went from you went from what we called flash pots yes. to to blowing up fucking cars and buses. I mean, yeah. you graduated. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you, you figured that out. Because I remember, I remember at the Agora Ballroom, you couldn't bring the car in. Right. You didn't blow up the car. You couldn't fit it through the door. You couldn't fit it on stage. But there were plenty of shows that you did, like on the pier and whatnot, where you yeah. and we would done, blow up a car. And we've done cars at Agora's and at Agora Ballrooms. Because remember, there used to be a, a shitload of them across the country. There, there were. Well, where and, did these cars come from? I mean, would you okay, just so, get them locally? I was the car guy. So here, here's the guy. So, okay, we're doing a show in Germany, right? It's big enough. So the venue had to be big enough and the stage had to be able to support the weight. Now the car was gutted, but still after you take the motor out, you take most of the interior out, you know, it's essentially a prop, but it still has a good amount of weight, you know? So if yeah. the stage was big enough and if the ceiling was high enough, Okay, and enough people, they could sell enough tickets. So they would take a, a place, like in Germany, we got a Mercedes and we painted it up like a taxi cab. Um, in California, uh, they wanted hot rods because they wanted, you know, to poke, they, whatever, you know, they're trying, to, they're trying to get a rise out of people, you know? So I remember we had a Nova, some piece of crap Nova, and then some, you know, demolished command. I only needed one good side. The right, the passenger side had to be good because that's the side that faced the audience, right, you know? Right. So they would discuss, well, after she was arrested in Milwaukee, we started dressing, we got kind of any kind of generic four-door car and dressed it up as a police car and had big, big <laughs> stickers that said Milwaukee police Milwaukee on it. police, right, so, right. Yes, there was a rhyme and reason to, you know, where are we, you know, w let's poke fun at these people, you know, let's blow up a Subaru in Oregon. You know, <laughs> so then it was a matter of finding the smallest door that you had to go through. And that was the biggest piece of car you can have. Right, so a lot right. of times, like I, my friend had a motorcycle shop and uh, he actually was a set uh, car. He, he, uh, he fabricated uh, sets at a place called Variety Scenic in Long Island City, which was one of the main prop houses and set houses for Broadway. So when I had the section cars, I would go find the car, get it to my friend's shop. We'd pull the motor out uh, and then we'd section it up, you know, accordingly, four pieces or six pieces. You know, you kind of leave the roof together. Oh, okay. So, but, or, so you, pie you, you piecemealed them into the building sometimes. In this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have yeah, to put yeah. it on a dolly sideways to get, yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah. Like I said, you got to measure the smallest door. And yeah, yeah. if the biggest piece can go through the smallest door, you're yeah, good. You go. you gotta that's got yeah, yeah, yeah. to be an incredible amount of work, cutting a car down to pieces like that, just so you could reassemble it on the other well, side I mean, of the door. No, no, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the smallest piece. So, okay. So no was, frame. Like, right. Well, you, you're, yeah. I mean, you, you're cutting through the frame. You're taking out the motor, right? <laughs> the, the transmission. Yeah, you, yeah, I get it. And so now uh, we'd, we'd weld up the, the steering. So the steering would be straight. We, you know, um, and then, we would usually cut it like cut the roof off, right? And then take the, the hood and the trunk off. And then the body, what's left right down the middle. So you have now two halves. And then if you had to go smaller than that, you quartered it. 
But usually quartering or halving. But here's the thing. When you're not worried about having to put it back together properly, I mean, we used to punch holes with the torch while we were cutting. We would punch holes. So when we got on site, we would take jacks, put the car back up, and then literally lace it back together with bailing wire. Right, right. Because it didn't run. The thing was sitting there. And I mean, there were some gags built in, like the front, the, the front passenger tire would come off and then the car would list over. Well, that was a, an actual physical effect. That was an actual physical uh, assembly, a collapsing jack assembly that, you know, a guy is under there pulling a wire and it collapses the jack and the car keels over a little bit. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, well, how many times, yeah. no matter how cool yeah. or slick the show looks, there's some guy backstage pulling a rope at one point. God, know? I miss old school rock and roll shows yeah. like that. Jesus. You can go to these shows right now and it's like everything uh. is completely automated except this one gag they added. So there's some poor schmuck back there pulling a rope. Yeah. yeah, we still pull ropes these days, you know, all the time. You know, manpower and stage. Hey, yeah. so you know, the damned video with the bus, yeah, you know, I mean, where you know, in the video, Wendy's on top surfing on top of a school bus, and the bus drives through a wall of TVs, yeah. and she jumps off the bus right before it makes collision, and and, and the bus blows up. Yes. Now, now that's that's not stage pyrotechnics. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> like real, that's real. like fucking TNT or, or something. That, I mean, how yeah, you... that's that's we get a little more serious. I mean, I because I you know I I did work with other people and you know learned about high explosives and and uh, you know shape charges and and I mean it's you know it, it, it just, we're just very lucky that uh you, you know I, I've never turned my my superpowers to evil because we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, how, Wendy jumps off the bus as it's moving. I mean, I'm driving the bus, and you're driving the bus. A lot of, and I'm actually in the video. I'm welding, and then I give her the bomb. So at one point, I'm like pretend welding on the side of the bus, just making sparks. And then uh, another one, I, I give her the explosive that she puts in, and then she's she does her driving scenes because the bus was we all the scenes of her driving we hadn't rigged it with pyro yet so we right. could do endless scenes of her driving it and i think we went through the i think we only had enough tvs to go through the wall twice so we went through the wall once with her in it and once with her not in it the right. one that blew up she, she was long gone you know okay so she wasn't so, on the live you know on the bus right, that right. was going to so, blow up she wasn't correct. okay gotcha gotcha so, Right, the scene of her jumping off and all of that, I think we might have been loaded on that. And then, no, no, because the final take, right, when we put the bus through, right, it was on autopilot. Sorry, I had to think about it, it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, so when I had it wired, I was driving it because I didn't oh, want to disturb anything. And then after we did all those scenes, we put the pyro in. But we kind of pre-wired it because, you know, we wanted to have a quicker turnaround. And when right. I say pre-wire, I mean, we put in the control system and we put in all the wires, but we didn't we didn't put in the lift charges. It was all gasoline, gas bombs, you know? Oh, gotcha. So, uh, hey, well, back in the day, did were you doing pyro like in CBGBs and Irving Plaza and the Palladium and all these places? No, 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 no. Like, no, I, I was just humping gear in those ones. It had, like I said, a pyro show had to meet certain parameters. It, the stage had to be big enough. 
yeah, and yeah. the club had to be big <clears throat> enough that they sold enough tickets that it warranted paying for the pyro. That it paid for the pyro, right, right? Right. So if it's a small now, in some some super small places that it never should have happened, we did do pyro, you know, but not the right. whole. Again, it would just be all right. We're just going to do the you know the falling lighting truss because that's just some airburst. And we're going to do the blow up speaker cabinets because that's essentially right. some concussion mortars, you know. Right. And, and then she would chainsaw the guitar in half. They would, right. And would, I was did, in charge of the chainsaw. And I was the chainsaw tech, yeah. A chainsaw tech and uh, and sledgehammer tech, because see, she had. Oh a TV right, she would sledgehammer TVs on stage too. I would carry the TV out because it had pyro on it. Gotcha. So I would carry out the TV, put it on the ladder, play with it for a minute, you know. We always had, right. well, again, there was, they wanted, because the shows were at night. So if the show was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, they wanted me to be able to come out there and put on a local news channel. Oh, right. Of course. So, the, I mean, they were genius. Rod Swenson, the manager, the guy did not miss a trick. Right. He just, yeah. So I would, we would get the TVs, which we bought at wholesale from a place that bought them out from motels that were closing. Gotcha. So we would buy these cheap. And, and you would have them in the car. I mean, in the truck, you would, you would, you would keep a stack of TVs in the truck. Yeah. 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 We had, nice, we had nice, a stack nice. that we bought in New York and then, you know, uh, 11 shows bring out a dozen TVs, uh, but they had to work. You know, so, all, all this stuff is available on YouTube. So for you listeners out there, go, go to YouTube and, 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 you know, look for plasmatic stuff. There's a lot of outrageous live Wendy O. Williams stuff where she's, you know, she's not even wearing a top. She's just like yeah, does shaving cream all over her tits and, and as, as her top and, and you know, oh, so crazy, so crazy. Yeah. She was truly outrageous, truly that outrageous. Wonderful. I mean, really, you know, it's one of those ones where you look back and it's like, wow, that, that was every like rock and roll story you ever heard. And every, bad idea you ever had you know what i mean right. it was just so good that it, it just yeah it, it was a great it was a great time and yeah we did a lot of crazy shit and we would have been arrested several times over for some of the stuff we did of course, and of course. never get away with it now yeah, me, me as well i i was doing i was doing pyro in clubs you know yeah. we'd make our own yeah. uh flame projectors out of pvc and you know yeah. we, we would do strands of elect you know of electrical wire to to yeah, pop yeah. them with a wall but crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah blue dot or green dot or whatever it was the yeah whatever you the, get green dot was better blue dot was faster green dot was the slowest so that's what we we like the green dot hercules green <laughs> dot you should be able to buy it in bulk oh my god oh funny uh, Py pyro man i'll tell you it was it was the wild west back then like you were saying i can remember being at shows you know i'd go to see ted nugent or something as a yeah. kid and and he would do flames and we're in the Shooting back of the down. arena and we could he feel the heat on our face yeah. from the back of the room. I can't imagine how hot it was on stage. Yeah, I remember he used to shoot a flaming arrow across yeah. the stage. And I yeah. remember looking and going, unless they're hiding some sort of backing, unless I'm missing something, he misses that. It's hitting. So, you know, I'm sure they had a plan. <laughs> I'm sure there was a contingency plan. And it was just the camera <laughs> angle the video that I saw. But I'm like, Fucking crazy! Yeah, he, did, he did that. I saw Ted Nugent a bunch back in the day. Yeah. So the Plasmatics went on tour with with Kiss. So yeah. that's that's your introduction to Big Tom time. Foster and to Tom the Hammer and, and, and Tom DeWilly from Lun yeah. Lunatech. Yeah. Right. So so this opens your eyes. You're looking at oh shit. This is this is well. Actually, see, I had been buying stuff from them. I 
was buying stuff from a lighting dealer in Connecticut that was a Lumetra, uh, I'm sorry, that was a, a Lunatech. Lunatech was the company, Pyropack was what? what Pyropack. That's right, what he I remember that. Yeah, so I'll refer to both Lunatech and Pyropack, but Lunatech was the company. So I was buying stuff that they had been manufacturing and I was buying it through this lighting company, but I was buying more than the lighting company was normally stocking. So they were like, you should call these guys. So I called down there and I actually, that was my first couple of times with, with Tom DeWilly. I called down, I explained to him what I did and he'd, oh yeah, we heard about the band and the guy in Connecticut told us all about you. And yeah, if you want to buy direct, that's cool. So then he would send me little brochures and we also have this, this, and this. And yes, boing, my eyes went insane. Then maybe a year later, maybe less, it was, uh, I remember I contacted him and said, hey, we're, we're opening for Kiss. He's like, ah, I just heard. I was, I'll see you there. So oh, that nice. was it. So I actually physically met him and, and Tom Foster uh, there. And, uh, and that was it. They were like, well, when the Kiss tour is over, do you want to, you know, you want to come work with us? And I was like, sure. I mean, right. yeah, when, when the, 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 because see, the plasmatics, unbeknownst to a lot of people, they were, I was near the end. You know, because remember, if you're Wendy, actually, the band kind of disintegrated a little bit. And Wendy did some solo projects. Right. So it was a good time. You know, I mean, I, I to advance yourself yeah. to this day. But, you know, yeah. so, yeah. So I went and worked for for uh, for Lunatech. And um, and then that was it from then. It was, you know, it was uh, Def Leppard, ACDC, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Yada, you know, yeah, Metallica, yeah. All of it. All of it. Well, you know, they were the only game in town. You know, I, the, the, it was Lunatech yeah. and I went across Alabama. I remember. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a, in Connecticut. I got what I thought was a pyro license. I, I studied up, but I was I was issued what was called a certificate of competency. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a license. So I, I called Tom DeWilly up in Alabama and I said, "Hey, well, I'm a licensed pyro guy. I was I was looking to." work and you know and go, and go on tour and, and he said are you willing to to move to alabama <laughs> well not so much actually so that, that was kind of the end of my pursuit of, of pyrotechnics but you know i went to alabama with an orange and red mohawk hid in the apartment or actually i was living in a house for, for a little bit renting anyway i lived in alabama for a short period of time until i negotiated a deal that was like look i'm gonna tour but then when i'm done i'm going back to new york you know and then and it was a little bit he wanted more of a show but they they allowed me to do that you know so right, it, it worked out but yeah alabama is a weird place yeah. Yeah. My second, my second encounter with you again at the Agora Barum. This is 1985. Uh, except Metal Heart. Oh God! And I, yeah. and I remember the first day we're we're there to. I'm the, I'm the house lighting guy. The crew comes in. They took a look around and they go back to the bus to get the LD. And then Martin Nicholas walks in the building at eight o'clock in the morning, holding a bottle of scotch. Yeah. Walks in, looks around the stage, and goes, "Bring it all in." goes back to the bus yeah. so we had a we had a day of stuffing you know yes. 10 pounds into a five pound bag the day of except but my lasting memory of that day was you said come out to the parking lot with me we went out to the parking lot you were carrying a watermelon yeah. and we walked out into the middle of the lot you carved a big hole in the watermelon you stuck a charge in there 
let you know we got about i don't know 50 100 feet away i don't even remember and, and then you blew up the watermelon and there was just a wet spot there was absolutely nothing left of that watermelon and that had such a profound effect on me and matt will attest to this i started blowing shit up too at gigs you know i you know on, on halloween i'd blow up a pumpkin and on, yeah. on thanksgiving i'd blow up a turkey on on, on christmas i blew up a, a a garden gnome santa claus on christmas you know i mean i just i started i took your lead and just and, and took it to the extreme i think one of the solidifying stories for that though was one of the earliest stories i heard from chris on this was that when he blew up maybe the watermelon or maybe it was a pumpkin was hearing the seeds like fly by his ears, like, you know, just buzzing oh, by, you know, the, the, the shrapnel of whatever blowing up, just flying by the ears going, oh shit. We had like, we've had a couple of people get hit by a big chunk of rind. I mean, we had one guy like, like knock the wind out of him. Like, and we looked at it and we're all <laughs> laughing about it. What, see the, the, uh, the beginning of the whole, it was actually excess dressing room stuff. And it all started with, and the reason that we were, I was on Accept with Martin, and then there was another guy, Mark Castora, who was probably the st stage manager or tour manager, production, whatever. Accept was opening up for Iron Maiden, and they were coming to America, and they went to a bunch of the Maiden guys, and were like, hey, we're going to America, you know, you want to you tour with us? It was a short tour. So it was essentially the Iron Maiden crew, or a bunch of guys from the Iron Maiden crew. Oh, gotcha. And on Iron Maiden, we had started... One night, there was a, un, a pristine, untouched, finely decorated cake in the dressing room. And the production was like, what are we going to do with this? And they were like, get pyro on the radio. I was like, yeah, I can blow it up. <laughs> so, and then whatever was left, watermelon, cantaloupe, pile of grapes and apple, you know, like whatever food that was going to get thrown out or was just, you know, nasty dressing room food. So yeah, and then like it was coveted. If we found like a good pumpkin or everything, we'd actually hide, or you know, we'd like we're blowing up a watermelon tonight. We got a watermelon, we're hiding it. So yeah, it would give you something to look forward to after a whole day of shoeboxing in a much too big a show into a much too small a stage. Yeah, I, during my research for this podcast, I, I went online and I saw a YouTube video of you blowing up a cake on TV. Yes. Like you're sitting there with like the morning show host and there's the cake and you blew up a cake. It was, it was the same thing. It was, it was a local, you know, the entertainment spot. And I lived in, they were like, I talked to a local guy. And yeah, it had become a funny thing. We just, at that time, I think we'd probably done, and, and I don't even know how it got around because there was no real social media. I mean, it was just people, road crews. Like, and I'd get, you know, I'd turn up to the show and they'd say, hey, we got stuff for you to blow up. Okay. What do we, you know? So yeah, for... <laughs> A good portion of the 80s was pretty much at the end of the night blowing up whatever was left in the dressing room. Yeah. You know? right. But uh, yeah, cakes and, and watermelon were always high on the list. So what, what, what time, at what point in time in your career where did you get your first license or, or when's the first, you know, when you started doing permits at shows? So, yeah. So I got... So, and also, so going back to, to what you said earlier about when, when you got your certificate of, of what did they call it in Connecticut? Was it a certificate of competency? Of competency. In New York, they called it a certificate of fitness. Uh, and that's a city, that's a, a, a state license. Yeah, you mine was only for Connecticut. Right. And then you need a federal license. So you need an ATF license. So, Rob, the guy who had taught me, 
had again, you know, luckily he kind of walked it off, walked it through me, said, all right, you know, you got, this is the paperwork you got to fill out and you need to get an ATF license. And, you know, there oh, so is, you, you had one with the plasmatics. I had one with the plasmatics. Oh, we okay. pulled some permits with the plasmatics. We did not pull a lot of permits with the plasmatics, but in some places, like we were told, like the fire department or the police or somebody contacted the promoter and said, all right, if you're bringing these assholes in, you know, pull a permit and have a local guy, which is how I met a lot of the people. I, I mean, there's a, a fellow, Thane Morris. Uh, he's one of the owners of a company called MP Associates. They manufacture pyrotechnics. Thane Morris is uh, actually, I met him. He was the union local pyro guy at the Longshoreman Hall in San Francisco. And we played that with the plasmatics. And I still talk to him to this day, you know? Right. Uh, you know, I was that easily 40, 38 years ago. So, yeah, we had uh, the bigger shows, California, New York. I had a New York license. I had a, I had a couple other licenses. But I had my federal license. So, yes, the bigger shows, yes. What do you have now? Now? Well, now you need company licenses, too. Now I've got most of, I, I have all of the Nevada licenses. Uh, and some states now will have reciprocal agreements that they will honor another state's license. But what we do is we hire a local at every show. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much easier because that guy lives in that city. He sees these fire guys all the time. That He's on a first yeah. basis. Sure, I will gladly pay you your day rate. So when the inspector comes through the door, he sees a smiling face that he knows, you know? Now, you know, I don't want to be, but, but most of the inspectors know me or, or sadly enough, I get inspectors that come in and like, yeah, you worked with my dad. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> your dad is it, hey, you know? But uh, yeah, so now just for a, just for a matter of, of ease and also like these permits have to be put in, you, you know, six, eight, 10 weeks yeah. beforehand. So yeah. we would, you know, we have, now we have a network of locals that we use around the country and around the world, as a matter of fact. So, you know, we would send them all the stuff and then say, okay, here's the packet. We're sending it to the fire department and, you know, here's your packet. And then they would liaise between the fire department and us and let us know, you know, you got to move, these have to move or this, whatever, whatever. Because right now, you know, there's from city to city, what you can do and how much you can store and where they like you to store it. Again, it is well worth to pay a local guy, you know, to come in and just guide you through all of that stuff. Of course, makes it yeah. the relationship with the locals is, is just it saves you a lot of times because, you know, I've, I've, I've been in situations where the, the fire marshal has come in and said, no pyro tonight. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's grandstanding or whatever, but, you know, you, you go through that, the motions of, you know, um, telling him he looks all pretty and, and whatever you got to say to the guy to eventually get well, the, the pyro. The one that kills me is like when it's not my department, not that I want to say, you know, it's not my gig, but, you know, the, the fire guy will come in and go, all right, there's a limo, a bus, and, and all of these have to move. They're in the fire zone. And I'll be like, okay. Well, can we go do the pyro demo? No, we can't do anything until these vehicles are moved. Right. He's just going to stand there with his arms crossed, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, man. Or, or when yeah. they want to see, you know, 
you know, you're only supposed to see one of everything. Sometimes they want to see more than you get. It, it just costs money and time and reloading, and it's, it's a pain in the ass. Some of the places in Vegas now want... So now, you know, I've got a rapport with a bunch of the fire inspectors here in Vegas, and, you know, I could get away without doing a demo or doing the biggest thing. But now the risk management and insurance department of the hotels are coming down for the fire demo and they want to see one of everything. Right. Because they're like, yeah, it's our building. It's our, you know, you want to do this? You got to, and you know, I look at the fire guy and the fire guy goes, yeah, it's his building, whatever he wants to make you do. Yeah. You know? Well, flames aren't a problem because it's all, you know, it's fuel based, you know, you can. Right. Right. And it's when you, get times, yeah. when you get into air burst and you know, you need 40 or 80 for the show and you put one extra up, and they want you to shoot one on each side or something. It's like, oh, you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. Okay, but, so so you 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 know you start a relationship with, with uh, Tom DeWilly and and Lunatech and you on Kiss. What what's the what's the first major act you went on tour with shooting? Kiss. Oh, so you went out with Kiss right, yeah, right they, after I, you met him. They, and they, uh, Tom, if I remember correctly, DeWilly didn't. I mean, he was running the company. You know, he was like, I can't come out i you know can't come out on the road and uh so it was me and 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 hammer because it's two toms so tom foster and tom DeWilly. so hammer we'll refer to hammer so it was me and hammer went out and then i think we had kurt anthony another guy at the shop who at the time was the shop guy but you know came on you know to be a shooter in the end so yeah that was it and then uh i i want to get this right otherwise i'll piss people off def leppard Right. That was it. It was Def Leppard. But that's then not it, the same kind of pyro as Kiss. I mean, Kiss had pyro throughout the show. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Def, Def Leppard just, you know, did an opening and a closing or whatever. Shot. It was the Pyromania tour. So oh, we wow. had, we had a, but it, the cool thing about it was we only had a few cues, but they were big. You know, it was like, well, we're, you know, ready to start the show. It was like <laughs> 40 across. You, you know what I mean? And then yeah, nothing yeah. for, you know, I, I actually like that better. I actually, I mean, that's what we do on the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones only have a few pyro cues. But when you press that button, there's a lot yeah. of shit happening. And yeah. a big fuck off finale at the end. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And then we have a big, a big opener. So everybody's like, hey, show's starting. And then a little pyro in the middle to remind you that, you know, hey, we're going to wake you up. And then a big ending. I actually like that's a good flow, you know? Once you start doing pyro in every other song, you know, go up to a fan and ask them, what was your favorite pyro? Uh, you know, there's too many of them. You know, you can go to a Stones and they're either going to say the opening, the finale or the middle. You what, know, what do you, what do you think of Romstein then? Uh, you think it's th- you think it's too much? No, I think it's great theater. I, I, I love Romstein. I, I think it's an but see, but it's not. It's more plasmatics. It's things are happening for a reason. The guy shoots the arrow at the thing and it explodes. Or the one guy, they pour the, the one show I saw, they they had a gerb and a bucket, you know, and they were pouring sparks on them and then the whole thing lit on fire. So it wasn't just, okay, we got 20 flash pots across, the, you know, we got 20 flash pots for this song. All right, what do we got for the next song? Well, we got 20 flash pots for that song. Well, what's the difference? Well, these ones are silver and these ones are white. 
okay, great. Moving on. What else? You know what I mean? That kind of redundancy where you just keep on having, because if you think about, you know, heavy metal or rock and roll, you can end every song with a, with a concussion water. And you can just about start every song with a well-placed concussion water. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we've had, I've worked for people that are like that. And then at the end, I'm all, let me guess. It goes, da, 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 boom. Yeah. And then you're looking at your notes going, all right, we've done that six times already. And we're up to the eighth song, you know? So no, Rammstein is different animal. That's theater. You know, that's plasmatics. That's kiss. That's, they're doing stuff over the audience, though. I mean, it's what what they're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're asking me about what they're doing, it, it, uh, yeah, all right, all right, ready? Here's where it goes. It pisses me off that foreign companies get away with shit because I've come in and Rammstein was there the week before, and I get the fire marshal reading me the riot act. We told them to do this, 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 and this, and they didn't listen to anything. They don't do this, and they didn't do that. And boy, oh boy, I'm gonna, you're getting grilled with a fine-tooth comb. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. So these guys lied to you and pissed you off last week, so I'm going to get an anima today, right? And let me just make sure I got this right. And it kind of, you know, and there's no real recourse. Like, I've seen a fire marshal get so pissed and say, I'm never giving these guys a permit again. And a year later, they got a permit. Of course they do. You know, so, uh, no, it takes, it's sad to say, but it takes an incident before you're not allowed to do something. You know, we, we don't put airbursts over the crowd anymore. Uh, you're really not supposed to. You only can in certain places. So that's all the Romstein videos you see are from those places, you know? Uh, every, like I said, and that's because there's been too much debris have, you know, over the years fallen and injured people in the crowd. So most places now just have a blanket thing. No, you can't put anything over the audience. Uh, the same thing, you know, with, with the distances to the audience, 10 feet, 20 feet, there's a there's an NFPA, there's national code, but then any municipality can supersede that code, you know? So you could roll into a city and the city could say, okay, look, I know it says 10, 15 foot, but here in, you know, West Waukegan, it's 10 foot. And, you know, you could ask why. And they said, well, that's because that's what we wrote. See, that's the law. We wrote it right here. And then maybe they do have a reason that, you know, a year ago, that 15 foot, somebody got hurt. So they decided, you know, that you know, a 10 foot, somebody got hurt for 15. I just said that backwards. But you, you see what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Of they, course, can, yeah. they can change it to, you know, to whatever they want. There's some buildings that don't allow concussion simply because they just don't like them. It's like, no, it shakes everything. It shakes down all the old dust off the ceiling. There's a couple of... in. There was an older building in Connecticut. There used to be one in Philly, uh, but I think that building's long gone. So, the old yeah, spectrum, yeah. You know, what you can get away with varies. And then, yes, there's some places in the world, in America, where you could get away with just about anything you want. Fire department was going right. to let you do it and right. have fun with it. So, I can, I can remember the concussions. We used to do safety tape and strobe lights behind the stage and they'd be right. on the ground. But then, yeah. then of course the bomb tanks came around and then we started flying concussions in the air. I mean, what are you doing now? What are you, you flying, flying, flying bomb we're tanks? Flying a lot of concussions, you know, unless yeah. it's a small amount, you know, if it's under six or eight or 10, 
you know, if it's 20, 30, 40, we're flying them. So yeah, we're, we're, we're flying them. It's really the, the, you know, the best way it actually helps us too. It kind of gets the noise out there a little bit now, you know, being buried back behind the stage, you lost a lot of it. Well, we, we, we can't, we can't talk about pyro without talking about for those about to rock with, uh, with ACDC. I mean, uh-huh. I, I mean, I've seen that so many times and this, the, the different variations, you know, with the cannons and then, and then I remember the racks that used to fly with the, like the square uh, grid racks with the little cannons inside each square and whatnot. Did, did you, did you design any of that? Well, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes. Uh, they designed Patrick, uh, uh, Patrick Woodruff, sorry, uh, was their designer and has been and still is forever. And the original cannons, I think were before his time. And then the original two cannons were built by, by Lunatech, by Lemaitre. Uh, like you might say Lemaitre, sorry, two different companies. They were built by Lunatech Pyropack, the original two cannons. And that we toured for a number of years. And those cannons got masked differently and presented differently. You know, sometimes they were brought up on, on, on lifts. Yeah, Other times right. they were flown down. Sometimes they were hidden in the back and kind of came out on an actuator. And then uh, they started doing different looks with the cannons. They did one where the cannons, uh, they were left and right, stage left and right. They were uh, what looked just like two cylinders, two towers. And then for those about to rock, they telescoped up and then leaned forward. And you realize you were looking at two big deck guns from a, oh, you right. know, from a battleship. Right, right. So we had, we had those cannons one And they year. would do then, multiple shots, each one of those? Yeah, all the cannons had to do multiple shots because you had to be able to cover the whole you know, song. The, the 21-gun salute, yeah. Right, which was actually more shots. But anyway, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we... We had different variations and they would, Patrick would come up with his design and then task me to make it work. These are what the cannons are going to look like. Done. You know, we, we had, you know, inside assemblies that, you know, we could slide down. And so, and then I would get on with whoever the, the prop maker was going to be and, you know, usually get stuff over to their shop and, and work with them and, and, uh, yeah, so I had uh, more or less, like I said, my design aspect on it was the the look of the, you know, how how they functioned and to make the damn things work, you know? They yeah. came up with the idea. I have but to ask, on, on- I just have to ask real quick on that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like, so what was the more important perspective, the visual representation or the sound? Because I mean, it's gotta be both, right? And, and yeah, how much right, did you because- have to play with that in order to get the mixture right? Or, you know, how long did it take you to get like, yes, visually and sound, that was fantastic. Because I can imagine just how important that impact is when you're listening to that song, it's an iconic song. Yeah, then that was the thing. Like, you know, we, we found that it's some places we couldn't if, and again, back in, you know, so one municipality may say you can only use half ounce concussion mortars. We routinely use one ounce concussion mortars. So, you know, now we get them prepackaged. It's a number three or a number five. But anyway, if we're using the number fives and we get told we have to use number threes, the band's going to notice that, you know. So we ended up uh, in, in later years actually 
having a, 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 a sampler that was part of the pyro shooters position. So I had a, I actually had a MIDI, I was sending a signal to a sampler at the mix console. And after many hours of listening to sound effects CDs, we chose 16 inch deck guns as the sound effect that was then triggered. So at the same time you shot the concussion, the concussion waters would give you that god awful loud crack, but the PA would give us that, you know, gotcha. we, we couldn't cool. get the rumble. So, yeah. So and then we added that, and that that made right. it a lot easier because yeah, I used to. I mean, I remember having to build, take road cases and build like a wall to project the base out, like build like a sub cabinet you know, with road cases, all oh, sound guys used to have, you know, if you put two cabinets here and one cabinet over there, the base is going to reflect. Okay. So yeah, we used to actually build little structures out of the, out of the road cases to try and help get the, 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 the base signal out there. Wow. So yeah, once we figured out to add the, uh, add the sampler to it, it really, it really made it easy, but yeah, you're right. It, it's when they see the visual, cause they see it before they hear it. So the visual has to get them all like, uh, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know? And then when it happens, you have to deliver, you know, cause you spent the first little bit of the song promising them these cannons, you know? So yeah, very, it's very important. You press the button and the cannon doesn't go. Ooh, Ooh man, we don't like that. So you, you, you spent your career. I mean, plasmatics, kiss, Def Leppard, ACDC, Motley Crue. I mean, you've done a lot of work with Motley as well, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Rolling Motley Stones. Crue, Rolling Stones, Guns N' Roses forever. Uh, yeah, all kinds you, of... Do you, do you shoot anymore? What do you do? What do yeah, you shoot? sure. All the time. Stones? You, know, you still tour the Stones? I'm, well, I'm not going to go. I haven't toured... No, wait, I did the last other one. Um, I try not to tour that much anymore, you know? You're, uh, into, you're designing. I, I design... I project manage, uh, you know, because we have, you know, now I'm in a company now with Doug Adams, who right. used to, right, Doug, Doug started Pyrotech. I was going to ask you about uh, that. Yeah. He, was your, he was your biggest competition for years. Oh, yeah. not, not, not only company-wise, but but reputation is shooter. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was, it, was, it was after Tom Foster, it was you and Doug Adams. Yeah, and, and we've always been cordial. We've always respected each other for that. So a couple of years ago, Doug called me up and said, hey, listen, you know, uh, my no compete is up and I want to get back. With, with SEE, with SEE, right? Uh, he had no compete with who did he sell? No, oh, no sold- your, your company, you were with SEE, oh, right? S- yeah, Stage Effect Engineering. Yeah, S- Stage and Effects Engineering. Well, so what had happened was, there's no short stories. Sorry, everything I got is a long Oh, uh, That's okay. So okay. my partner in Stage and Effects, Effects Engineering, SEE, uh, is a few years older, and he has been doing movies for most of his career. He ran the office, and he did movies out of New Mexico, and, and we did all, I did all the touring stuff. Then he said, look, I, I want to pick and choose. I don't want to work so much. You know, let's think about, you know, you guys buying me out or something, because uh, we had another partner. And I said, all right, all right, we'll work on that. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, Doug Adams calls me and says, hey, my no compete with pyrotech is up. I want to get back in the game. I need gear. 
can you guys build me some gear or can you help, you know, put some gear together? Cause we've always been friendly. So I said, Doug, guess what? Dave, Dave Green was my, was my old partner. I said, Dave's looking to retire. Why don't you just buy the company? Well, a couple of meetings later and now it's image SFX, which is me and Doug Adams and the part, we have other partners are on the East Coast. It's called Image Engineering, and they're one of the biggest laser companies. They right. do uh, they do fourteen NFL teams. It's the brothers. Yeah, they do a lot of corporate and stuff. They actually bought Synchrolites. All oh, the wow. U.S. Synchrolites now are owned by Image Engineering out of Baltimore. So we're we're partners. So we are Image SFX in Vegas, and Baltimore is Image Engineering, but we we both do everything. You know. Uh, they're actually a bigger shop. They do the fabrication and stuff. Now we're making some of, we, we make our own flame systems and uh, they actually, they use a lot of lasers and they have a proprietary, two proprietary lasers that they make, which is actually pretty interesting. One of the brothers, it's three brothers and one of them is a doctorate of electrical engineering. So he's like the main laser guru. But so all uh, their lasers are proprietary. They make them only two, only two of them. The rest of them, they, 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 the rest of them are Chavants and uh, okay. the two other, another company. I, all I know about lasers, really, all I really know about lasers is they're heavy and they're in my way and I have to move them in the shop all the time. But no, so yeah, so the laser guys, they've, they've got that all together. Yeah, there's two proprietary ones they make. Uh, that are a scanning thing that I couldn't give you the particulars on it. But anyway, so, right. So when, when it, it came down to, you know, this new company, so now it's me and Doug and then some of the uh, one or two of the, the partners from, from uh, Baltimore will come out, uh, you know, every now and then hang out for a little bit. Uh, but uh, we do a lot of hotels like Doug right now is working on the, uh, the, the resorts world. Uh, which is the new hotel that's opening in town. And we do like around the pool, we do water cannons and we do lasers and confetti. And, and on, uh, by, on the wind, we have a flame system on the roof around the pool and we do all the DJ nights and all the special events and, and whatnot. So just, you know, I, I like pittering around the shop, you know, if I'm not putting a tour together and then it's kind of like, Hey, what are you guys doing at the clubs? You know, <laughs> fixing things. So I, don't miss, but I, I go to rehearsals, you know, like Stones, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, all that stuff. I'll go to the rehearsals, make sure everybody's all happy and warm and fuzzy. And then I'll take off and go back, you know, back to the shop and pitter around. Well, what, 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 you know, the days of barbecue tanks are gone, right? I mean, what, what, what fuel systems are you using now? Well, they're, the liquid systems are becoming real, real popular because you don't need the big space, you don't need the big accumulator tanks. You know, you can use a smaller uh, accumulator tank and you get a lot of less, it's, it's a lot less space. And the liquid systems are the ones, mostly articulated moving things. The, the, the Phoenix units. Right, right, those, those, those are liquid, right. So we have, like we make a Phoenix, we make an articulated unit that actually, here's how crazy it is. We are now need grand MAs to run our stuff. Of course you do. One, one uh, Phoenix head takes 16 channels because you wow. have arm, you have all these redundant safeties. So you have to turn on the, you have to turn on the heaters, arm them. Then 
the safety system has to acknowledge that all the heaters are armed. Then you've got a, a button to open the valve to, uh, to allow the liquid to flow. Then you've got a fire button, but now you also have a, a left-right axis. So now you have programmability for that five times because there's five of them. So right. you, need, you need a lighting programmer on your team now, don't you? Exactly. We have to, well, lucky because we have the laser programmers, oh, those guys right, gotcha. are a little bit, but we did it. We did have to bring in some lighting guys because the laser guys use different boards and different right. programming, but it's kind of the same language. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we've had a couple of, we've had class. We've had all our shooters come down and, and we've had class mm -hmm. and, and we, we, we have on a couple of lighting designers that now, you know, are on call for us and they come in yeah. and help us program or, or look over the programming and make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we got it all in there. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, there's one thing, you know, we have a demo room and we could test in, in small scale, but sometimes, you know, you just need to be on the stage at a hundred percent to really see, Ooh, no, the timing on that's off, you know? Right, right. It, it well, it's all, it's, all, it's all time code now, is it? Yeah, it, it's time code, but then there's still, there's some stuff is not uh, because. Uh, You're pushing a button. Yeah, so there, there's always like the odd ending, like, and you have to watch me for the cue, you know, like, we don't know if we're going to do 10 da -dum -da -dums or, or 11. So there, there's still a lot of stuff where you got to watch the drummer or, you know, the, the, the bass player, who's ever the anchor, the keyboard player a lot of times to give the wrap up. All right, this is the last, the end is coming up, you know? So there's a lot of it, a ton of it is time code, but there still is the random, you know, wait till, uh, you know, wait till I tell you I'm ready kind of thing. So, yeah, right. but the, like take like a TSO, TSO is just, Time code from beginning to end, you know. No, now, yeah. but you know, there's an enable. We're there's a person on it on a button. So you let go of the button, it stops shooting. So a dead man, you know. So there is there is somebody with eyes, you know, actually looking like, oh my god, so and so's in the wrong spot. Boom, come off the mm -hmm. button. You know. Well, speaking of TSO, I podcasted with Brian Hartley, and, and we we yeah. did talk about the challenge of recreating and, and, and besting yourself year after year after year. And, and, and it's a challenge. He's, he's thinking about his show constantly, even okay. though it's just a, one part of his year, he is, it is a constant process, you know, to what you did this year, it's gotta be better next year. And, and, and it, it's, I'm sure you, you fall into that same category well, along with him. Well, it's, it's Doug's show. So the problem that we have, not the problem, but the joke we have in the shop is when we're testing new stuff for like a different client, Doug will walk through and, and we'll go, oh crap, this is gonna be on TSO next year, you know? <laughs> so, but he's always like that. Anytime he's like, oh, you know, I say, hey Doug, you know, we're making this so-and-so for a client. Oh really? Well, let me see, let me see, you know? So yeah, he, everything, what's fresh, what's new? You know, what's a different way of using this? You know, have, you know, cause a lot of times we test things and go, oh, hey, you know, we can put it this way and angle it like this and, you know, it looks better. Or it's, so, yeah, he's always, 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 you know, an eye open on what we're doing in the shop and, you know, how he could, how he could take it for TSO, which is great because TSO does give us a lot, you know, like Doug will come down, like the Phoenix system. So we have two different things. We have the Phoenix, which is liquid, which as we started talking about, gives you those pencils, but 
the good thing about liquid, it's less, it's smaller, its footprint is smaller. The bad thing about liquid, you can't just lick a truss with liquid. So if you have propane flames, you're burning gas. So the gas can kind of envelop the truss or lick it a little bit, and it's not gonna, it's going to heat it. But it's the same thing as if, you know, you light a lighter and you put your hand through the lighter. Now, the liquid system, you can't touch anything with it because it's essentially a flamethrower. You're squirting a burning liquid, you yeah. know? So a liquid system hits something solid. Well, it's going to dribble and now you're going to get a little flyer running down. So, so the liquid system is a little bit more of a bear. You've got to, you've got to really, really, really watch your clearances and your, you, you know, what, what this fabric is and what, what this is. And, you know, whereas propane, eh, you, propane's a little more, you're not going to splash anything with propane. Right, right. You know? yeah, yeah, like I said, yes. propane, you can kiss something. You know, you could kiss the lighting truss with propane, but you can't touch it with liquid. Mm. You so, know, I was I was doing festivals a couple summers ago, and it was in France, and it was this huge French artist on stage. Um, I don't know if it was Group F or whoever the pyro company was, but they had this truss going across the back of the stage, and gerbs would shoot down, and then they'd shoot down again, and they'd shoot down again. And I'm like, they can't have that many gerbs in that truss. But I stayed, and during the loadout, that truss came down, and I walked up to the unit. It's, it's a unit that was able to create yeah. that kind of gerb spark without ignoring anything. You want. I got hundreds of them. Yeah. What, what uh, is that unit? What is that? Well, there's, there's, it was actually an American guy you know, that, that came up with it. Terry Ritz used to have a company called Pirates. Pirotech. I remember Terry Ritz, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Terry. Well, Terry had been chasing that for a long time, the mechanical gerb. And he finally got backers and went to China and got a company uh, to make it. So it is a, yes, it's a little black box and it has a, 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 an induction magnet heating. Uh, it's got a heating element and it's got a little auger that chews up the powder. And then it's got a little, it, it, people call it a fan, but it doesn't really blow it. It kind of mechanically throws it anyway. So there it, is a powder in there. It's there is not a powder. Just, yep. Okay. So, all right. So, yep. it, so it, it can't, it does run out at some point. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah. You get a, yeah, there's, there's a, a limited amount of it, but no, then they make upside down ones and right side up ones. And we've got them on, on TSO. We got a lot of them on TSO and yeah, they're great because you can do a sustain, you know, a or you could just do pop, 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 pop. So you do gerb runs back and forth. Uh, the newer ones, you can just height, you know? So you could have like kind of wavy gerby things going on. Right. So yeah, uh, we get them from a company in China. That's just, there's two guys in China making them. And I think now there's a guy in Korea knocking them off, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're cool. They're fun. So, 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 what are you, what are you doing now? What's, what's the, what's the future of, of pyrotechnics? Are you, are you well, constantly thinking about? I mean, is your, is your yeah, desk full of now, notes and ideas? You, yeah. So now, okay. So the latest. So aside from the aforementioned Phoenix liquid system, which is the only moving five head, there are some other five head systems, and there are some other moving systems. But and nobody's that's proprietary to to image. Right. Yeah. Nobody's done a, the five head moving system. So then we did a, uh, another idea that Doug had had. And, you know, so he tasked, uh, you know, he's like, I, you know, cause I'm more of a, 
I'm a, I, I'm a good designer, but I love building. You know, I, I love building. I, I don't mind designing a show. I actually do really like designing a show, but I like designing stuff so I have to build stuff. It's like designing stuff that doesn't exist, so then I have to go build it. So um, Doug came up with this idea, and it's a, a, a modernization of, a, of, a, of a, a burn bar. So old days burn bar, six foot, eight foot, 10 foot, whatever, perforated, got holes, whether it's got holes or whether it's got oh, yeah. slits. Uh, we, we, I've seen those. We used to drill the holes in the bar during pre-production rehearsals. And, and, exactly, uh, right. Oh, we needed to be longer. We needed to be shorter because a lot of them you had to make to fit the stage. Well, we wanted to come up with a something that did a lot more. So now we have what's called a fire screen. So a fire screen is four foot long section. It's a four foot long with six propane jets. And thanks to the laser guys, each of the propane jets is articulated left and right. And it's also a proportional valve, zero to 100%. So now you can change the size of the flame on the fly. And you can also wiggle it left and right. And behind it is the standard burn bar. So you can have the whole four foot length of it and they're actually modular. You know, you could stick them together. You can make 40 feet, 60 feet. We, we've done 80 feet. Um, so now you can either have, you know, your standard burn bar, which is, you know, the same size height. This is the same, same height across. And that, though, is proportionate. So you can go from, you know, zero to 100%. And then your height will, you know, depending on, there's a lot of different parameters, how, what PSI and da, 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 da. But then you have the moving heads that, can go left and right and can go zero to a hundred. Again, 18 DMX channels to run this stupid thing. So again, a damn grand MA, but those we've had those on, on post Malone. We've had those on, uh, on TSO. Uh, so all the stuff we actually made all of this stuff for TSO. And the deal was they got it first. So okay. they got it. And now it's all, we can let it out to the world. So now, again, with this, with this articulated proportional valve setup we have, so now you could make a pyramid of flames. You can, you can make a sine wave and then move it. Oh, wow. Because, you know. Much like, much like a laser does, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, but now you're doing it vertically because you're, you know, so this valve's at 20%, this valve's at 40 this valve's at 60 this valve's at 8 so on and so on, and you get your arc. Oh. And then you now, now I have to get, get the grand MA guy and I go, okay, now how do I move this? And he presses some buttons and he makes the thing move for me. It's like the so, Bellagio fountains or something, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, actually at the uh, Bellagio two years ago, I did 300 feet of flame in the, in the fountain. We, um, we also, oh. we, we do, uh, we have, we have projectors and stuff that we, we do for a lot of the sports teams. Uh, like we did the installation here, for the the uh, the Golden Knights, all the projection on the ice, the pregame and, and postgame and during the game projection, nice, is, nice. we did that insulation. So anyway, so uh, we were contacted by my friends that uh, built the fountain, and they were contacted by HBO, and HBO wanted to do a uh, the the uh, the kickoff for the final season of Game of Thrones. So was that two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, something anyway. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
yeah, we had uh, we had 300 feet of fire. So the fountain company configured the fountains to work as a screen, and then we rear projected oh. onto the onto the water screen, and then had fire in the front. We had a, it was a whole dragon flying through. They had all the content. We just had to make it work. Right. So yeah, it was a whole da 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 guys walking around. Uh, I just know what my cue was. Like that, I went and shot. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go shoot 300 feet of flame. <laughs> uh, I, I let my nephew shoot. I shot it twice. We did it for a week, you know, three shows a night. So I, was, I shot it for two days, and I was like, "Hey, Jack, come here! You're shooting a stupid thing for me." But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You mentioned Bellagio Fountain. No, no. Well, speaking of water, I mean, are you doing any touring water systems? I know they're a total pain in the ass. Sure. Um, I mean, we've had we've had water cannons on Motley Crue that were then turned into blood cannons. Where they filled them with fake blood. We've had I, we've had water cannons out on stuff right now. We have some portable water cannons, but most of them are seeing duty. Uh, we've rented them at a few festivals. They need well, a- well, Ozzy, Ozzy's the guy. Oh, who, Ozzy, yeah. But I mean, yeah, when that, I worked for Ozzy in the in the early '90s, we used to have these buckets of water on the side of the stage, and he yeah, would just yeah. keep grabbing the buckets and chuck them in the audience, and that turned into the water cannon. And right, the water because like one year, we did like a tripod squirter that he could run up and grab it and, you know, it was a, a gun yeah. on a tripod. Yeah. And then Tate did the, the truss structure. They put heads in the truss, but then we inherited it. I, I think something they didn't have time to, then it needed modification. We took it into our shop, and modified it. So yeah, yeah we, we've done a couple of different versions of water cannons for Ozzy. And then we started with, you know, we did water cannons for Motley Crue that turned into blood cannons. And then uh, now I said for uh, some of these uh, uh, big rave events, uh, we have, uh, you know, they'll rent water cannons to cool off the crowd. We have them working around the pool, but they're on the roof, on the low roof around the pool at the wind. So the DJ has the button. So, you know, right. do, 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 pow, water cannons. Yeah. Get there. And so we have a new set of water cannons going in at around the pool at um, Resort World. Right. So yeah, water what, what about the the pop divas who want the waterfall and they want to project on the waterfall or whatever, and the water's got to go somewhere and you recycle it, and it, it's it's that's just, just I, I try uh, to avoid that. Yeah, well, we've built some systems, and it's it almost you almost want to be your own company just to do water at that point. You know, it's so labor intensive. And the the parts and the upkeep. That's why, like, there's effects guys in the movies that specialize in rain. That's it. You want rain, you call this guy. You know, it's almost because we built a system, and it was just a nightmare. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, just where does the water go? That's that's yeah, the yeah. You got to catch it. You got to recycle it, and then you got to dump it because you can't use the same water night after night, and you got to get the fire hydrant open. I mean, just for Motley Crue, uh, we had we we did. Uh, water squirters for them too. And we, yeah, same thing. We had these big sort of uh, 500 gallon uh, water storage tubs and, you know, you had to get a fire, you had to get the fire department to put a meter. What they do is they put a meter on a fire, uh, on a fire hydrant for you. And then you pay, you know, for how many gallons you take out. But, uh, you know, we've gotten to places where no one got that memo and the fire department didn't show up or the promoter was like, oh, well, we don't need it we have a hose over here. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to get a thousand gallons out of a hose. You told me, you know, I would have told you to start running the hose last night, you know? 
So, yes, if you want a small water system, I'm, I'll do it. But if yeah, you want to project yeah. I, on I, it, I, I, I don't. I don't, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, Sam, but if you want to project on it, I'll give you a couple of numbers of some guys I know. Right, it, right. They'll do it for you. Well, what, what about those, uh, I don't know if it's colored smoke, but the colored, those, I don't know if Coldplay does it, these, these bursts of colored powder that go shooting up in the air. It's almost like, a, like, a, like an Indian love festival yeah, or something. So, you know? Sure. I mean, we... Well, what, we what is have, that, though? I'm trying to understand what that is. Well, I mean, we have, uh, okay, so here in Nevada, CO2 doesn't work that good. No, it know? works awful. Right. Yeah, so, and, and, and helium. I, I, I have a lot of trouble flying our Roger Waters pigs there. I can, yeah, right, right. Yeah. So we, um, we found a company that made a really good version. Uh, everybody makes them now, a smoke machine with LED lights around it. Oh, that's you know? how they get the color. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and you could puff that because, see, I would think that the, I have rented confetti poppers, not the blower, not the constant blowers, the ones, the one shots. I've rented those out to be used at, at these Indian color festivals where they fill them with powder and shoot the crap out of them. But uh, no, we, we've been, because again, we take care of this, all the DJs that come to the win and they all have they all have cryo jets on their rider, so we have to send them a video and explain to them, you know, why cryo doesn't work all that good. You can hear them, but you can't see them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, in, in, but I will have to make a, a, a notation to that. Around the pool at the win, cryo work within twenty feet of the pool. Cryo looks good because there's enough humidity from the water evaporating off the pool, the cryo looks good. But if they are actually inside, then the cryo looks shit. So we do still supply cryo for the outside because there is a stage that is literally like 50 feet from the pool. That one gets enough humidity. But if the DJ's inside and then it's a smoke machine with a, a ring of LED lights around the base, they do make an LED light base for the cryo unit, but Again, you know, we're trying to get get away from cryo. But smoke yeah. is cleaner; it's cheaper too. Yeah, I think cryo needs to be reinvented. It's just just so overused. It's just the same gag. Somebody needs to figure out how to utilize cryo in a different way. Well, you know, I mean, it's dull. We've had it's actually on corporate stuff where they're like, and then we want like a wall. I'm like, oh, I'll give you a cryo wall shooting sideways, and then you know your VP can walk through that. You know, they, so they're like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, but you get some artists because, you know, so here's the problem. You know, a lot of times by the time I get hired, the set's designed, the lights are designed, the look is designed, and they just want me to enhance their design, you know, with my design. So I got to, you know, know who the lighting designer is, understand his mindset. So, you know, versus like when, some of these other customers that have no expectations whatsoever, you know, corporate and they come in and you have the lighting guy, the, the set designer and the pyro, and we're all at the initial meeting. It seems like for some acts, we're the last ones to get called, you know? Oh, Hey, That's we're true. going out. We want to add true. pyro. We found it in the budget. We're going to, yeah. so you, know, you get here. Exactly. Here's right. Right. Versus like, you know, your kisses, your, you know, your Motley Cruiser. We they're like, okay, these are the cannons we're going to build can you make these work? And then, you know, back and forth or Motley Crue with, you know, some weird pencil drawing of, 
can you figure out how to make this into pyro? Love those ones to death because, mm-hmm. and then yes, you can, those are the acts that are using it differently, but everybody else, the lighting designer, well, that's what he wanted. So he wrote it down. He wants a wall of cryo jets. That's he yeah. saw a video of it and he liked it. You know, so you, you kind of feel bad trying to tell these guys just because you've never seen this before doesn't mean everybody on the planet has not seen it before. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, so in two, 2021, which is going by really fast right now, uh, do you find yourself mentoring the next generation and do you enjoy oh, yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've already got my nephews out, but that's, they're a generation old already, you know, they're, they're 30 and they're, you know, they're, they're working and, you know, getting their own gigs and everything. They're, you know, they check with me all the time. They're like, oh, I got this offer and this offer. I said, oh, good, I got nothing for three months. Take it, you know? So, and then now, like, I'm just going through that now with, with our guy that was a shop guy. And now we're teaching him, you know, he's learning the laser board and he knows everything about the, the flame system because he's been maintaining it. And I always like that. I always like learn the nuts and bolts of it and then, you know, load us in, do some shows and then you get to drive, you, you know? So yeah, right now I got, I got two really good guys, Tyler and Javier. I always mispronounce his name because I'm just going to change his name to Harvey and he agrees. It's cool. We'll take Harvey, but Tyler and Javier and uh, 21 and 20, like Tyler, I think Tyler's going on 22. You think I've got to remember we missed a year. So I, I keep on doing my math wrong. I'm leaving 2020 out. But yeah, Tyler's just 21, and I think Javier has just turned 21, which is the minimum age to get your your license. So now I'm going to start actually a little more hands-on, go to a couple of their shows, you know, the clubs and stuff, and I'm not, you know, they just go there and make sure, hey, how you guys doing? A little spot check on them and just, yeah, and then they're going to be ready, and then they're going to take their test. So I'm currently mentoring those two guys. But yeah, I've, you know, I've a bunch of guys, you know, I've, I've taken in that uh, – you know, he became a bunch of Disney guys. I, I stumbled upon. I hired one guy out of Disney. He turned me on to two, three other guys out of Disney that were just loaders, and they all were great. You know, so that's the thing is you get these. You get some people that think they know everything, and then you get other people that understand what they don't know. You know, yeah. Like, Look, I, I work here. I'm a loader. I understand the safety, but I just, you know, no. I want to know more about it. <laughs> you don't Disney know what you don't know. Yeah, you need that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, well, the, when the phone rings at Image, I mean, a lot of people call because they want you. Yeah. You know, because they, you know, maybe, maybe not, you know, maybe you're not going to come shoot the show, but they want you. They want your reputation. Right. They want your design. They want you. They want your eyes on it. And yeah. do, do, do you, are you seeing that? Are you, are you oh, starting? Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I, I have my roster of clients and I have, you know, other people that were like, hey, you know, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, Cosmo sent me, you know, like, oh, Cosmo sent you, what do you need, you know? So, yeah, we do get, yes, I, I the phone rings, you know, it's so-and-so sent me, what do you need, brother, I'll hook you up, you know? Right, right. So, are, are you designing? Do you have any designs oh. on the table right now? There's always an ACDC rumor. There's always an ACDC rumor. I, I hope they've got one more left in them. I really do. Yeah, they, they I, I, yeah. Yeah, Everybody, Jake, Jake hopes so as well. I think Jake wants to bookend his career with 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 ACDC. Yes, that would be stunning. That would be stunning. Yeah. Yes, but you know, but I do like now. So, okay, so the more I play 
with the phoenixes and the fire screen and some of the other newer things uh, th that were developing, I kind of, you know, make little mental notes and little, oh, this is a good look. Here's a good look, you know? So yes, then when the phone rings and it's like, oh, have I got to look for you, you know? So I've got some that I'm saving. Like, I know this is going to go with this act, you know? And uh, but I've got a lot of, you know, we do, I mean, we get in the shop and we fire stuff up, you know, let's play with some flames. Let's turn on the flame system today. You know, let's, I, mean, I want to see if this chase works or does this, you know, does this go too fast. Does this read? Yeah. So there's, there's constantly playing with stuff. We burn a lot of gas. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, again, with the, what kind of gas are you using in the Phoenix oh, so system? It's well, so the, the Phoenix is liquid. And the, what kind of, what is it? Liquid what? It, it's a isopropyl alcohol, uh, isopar, they call it. One oh, has isopar. A, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There's different terminologies. And uh, one has, um, we, we, I like the higher percentage of, of, uh, of just uh, isopropyl alcohol. Isopar has an oil, uh, a, a couple, an additive in it. Some of the other, there's, you know, three or four different ones that, that you work. And all, it all depends. You know, some evap evaporate quicker than others, but that's about the flavor of the day for uh, for the liquid system. And then it's, it's uh, still, still propane, you know, I mean, we can use compressed, you can use natural gas, but natural gas is too clean. Natural gas burns blue. Yeah. You know, the gas in you, if you got a gas stove at the house, like stove, yeah, burns blue. Yeah. Right. You get that nice little blue flame. Um, it's too clean. You got to introduce oxygen into it to kind of dirty it up. So propane is good. You get that nice orange, you know, it's cheap. It's abundant. Uh, most of the regulations are written about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There is there promoter, are promoter can find it for you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there, there is like the there's another company called Lamaitra, and they make a system called the Salamander, which is a again it's a, a black box, and it takes an aerosol can, and the aerosol can is a butane propane mix of some sort. I forget the present the. Uh, the percentages of each chemical, but they do those in different colors. They do kind of red, blue, yellow, orange. Uh, we mostly stick with the red, uh, the red, the yellow, and the orange. The blue is a little wishy-washy. It looks weird. Like we, we showed it to Gene on Kiss, and he was like, it doesn't look like a flame. It's weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it's better suited for like... Welding. <laughs> magician or somebody, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so... So yeah, but that and then um, the the real the the, the real is the uh, the things that are really taking leaps and bounds is the control systems and you know the the articulation of the nozzles and and all of that stuff. So it's the 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 gas and the liquid that's the same. That's what we're going to use. You know, uh, it's the um, it's it's how we're using it. It's it's the it's the material the. Uh, the equipment that, that we're designing and making. There's a lot of companies that don't make their own stuff. There's a lot of companies that, you know, there's four or five manufacturers and you don't, you don't have to make your own gear. You could buy gear. You don't have to lift a finger to make gear, but you're not going to get super slick. Like, Holy crap. I wish my gear did that, you know, which is right. the reason why we are making, and we're, we're working on another single, just a sting, a single old school kind of 
cube that'll shoot a flame. We just need to revamp that. We have another, we have a system that, you know, it's just your, your basic flame cubes that you put, you've seen around the stage a hundred million times, but now, you know, we're going to make, we're actually going to make the cube smaller and the flame bigger. Well, because we can, because the valves are better. The ignition system is better. You know, we looked at our old system and said, all right, we, you know, we, it served us well, but it's going to, the new flame heads are going to plug into the same accumulator and the same system that runs the, the uh, fire screens. Right. Yeah. So everything will communicate back and forth. And, you know, we're actually, we're coming up with some, from add-ons that'll go on to our Phoenix system. You know, we're, we're looking at doing just single heads and stuff, but then again, all the single heads, you can buy them all day long. You know, no one was doing a good articulated, multi, multi-headed multi articulated unit. So we made our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's proprietary. And, you know, proprietary companies, Yeah. You know, you know, people who make their own LED, people who build their own line array. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's what you want. Yeah. Like you I said, the, we, you want the clever people on your team. We're, we're killing it at the, the clubs in town because the, the Suli brothers is Joe, Andy and, and Dr. Suli. They, um, the laser they guys. Yeah. A, a, a proprietary scanning laser that they've explained it to me that, it, you know, it diffuses it enough and yada, yada, but nobody else has it, you know, and it, and it moves. That's what they're getting in. They're getting into a lot of, of heavily articulating, you know, getting more movement and different, you know, which is really when you look at the lasers, lasers, you know, too, like I said, it's, it's not really, you know, they're getting brighter colors and they're getting, you know, yeah. more vibrant, but also just the mechanics of, you know, moving the mirrors and everything is, yeah, yeah. that's what well, keeps you, you want to, you want to get brighter and you want to scan the audience, you know, and we're, right. it's, it's, it's getting easier. So what, what percentage of, you know, next year, 2022, what, what percentage of your, of your business is, is Las Vegas and what percentage is touring? Well, it, traditionally we've been about 60 to 80% touring and 20% Vegas. This year we're all Vegas with very little touring. And next year, you know, we're like everybody else. I mean, I think everybody is tired of people talking about tours or shows and then canceling. Uh, you know, everyone is, is kind of getting a little bit tired with that. And everyone's just, I, you know, I, I was talking to some other people and 2022 is either going to be, you know, just, you won't be able to get anybody. There's just be, everybody will be working. Every tour will be out, you know, but then again, is there enough public to sustain that? Yeah, I've had that conversation. There's, there's going to be way too much traffic. Right, right. You know, I've talked to booking agents. You know, every every venue has got five holds on it every night. Exactly. Of the year, you know, so, and, uh, there's, are there there's enough? Not, there's not enough. There's not enough ticket buying. Right. Well, there's I not. mean, remember, you know, I, I remember in the '80s and, and in the '90s. I mean, it's true to this day today. But you know, when you would not have Iron Maiden and Judas Priest out at the same time because you're both fighting for the same dollar. Yeah. You know. So if one act is going out, so I remember hearing, oh, hey, we're going to, you know, we're not going to go out. We're going to go out two months later. Why? Well, so-and-so just announced that they're going out yeah. and, you know, we need the same kids babysitting money. So we got to, yeah. you know, wait till they replenish it. Whoever gets on sale first is going to be the winner. I think, I think there's going to be a lot of heartbreak uh, next year, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah it's got to be, they've got to be talking about it. I mean, you know, we, we hope to be talking about 
next year in the next few months. Right. You know, you're going to have the, so you're, you're, you're getting crew ready. I mean, you're, you're, you're yeah, trying yeah, to find people. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're talking to people and, you know, and I mean, but the thing is, you know, I'm honest with my guys too. I said, look, if somebody, you know, a bird in hand, somebody's got a job for you right now, take it. I will straight up tell you, I have nothing until, you know, September or I got nothing big, you know, for six weeks, you know, whatever it is. Cause right now we're keeping our local guys busy. You know, we've got, you know, we do, we do a weekly show. One of our guys shoots a weekly show at, at, at Super Splash, you know, fun park, you know, but it's all that little stuff. Hey, it keeps our guys busy, keeps the doors open, you know? So uh, I tell guys, you know, look, take whatever you got right now. If you got anything, you know, you get a carpentry gig, take yeah, it. Yeah. You have to, you know, you I, to. if you tell me, look, I, you know, cause right now there is no, I, I don't have a five month tour to offer anybody. I got yeah. three weeks at best. You, I got you will soon, though. You will. It's just going to happen. You know? Oh, yeah, 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 right. But like I said, I mean, so, I, so right now I'm telling my people, if you can find work, take it. Yeah. But I will, you'll be the first guys I call. I'm not going to hold it against. And you can't tell anybody, oh, don't work for anybody else. Wait for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, you you've, know, got, you've got guns this year, right? I mean, guns is doing stuff. Oh, and- guns is going out. But, all right, so. We did a show in Vegas and the venue had, it was at the Coliseum and they have a video wall that is floor to ceiling, stage left to stage right, full stage. It's, it's a stunner and it's got a slight curve to it, you know? So when we were going to go in there and do two shows with GNR, they said, well, you know, you could use our video wall. It's up right now. It was up for another performance. And if you guys want to use that. So production was like, oh, great. We don't have to take in a lot of stuff. So they really, Axel really, really liked it. So what they did was they put all the budget into video. They cut the lighting, not totally, but they cut some of the lighting. They cut some of the stage. So it's going to be a slightly smaller stage. It's a uh, stage set. I'm sorry. And it's going to be slightly less lighting, but they're going to rely on this monstrous video wall to provide the rest of the content. Uh, there's a bunch of us that have done GNR for 20 something years that are all saying quietly, the first time they launch into live and let die and there are no bangs, Axel's going to go, what the fuck? Yeah. And then they're going to go, no, remember we talked about it. And then he's going to go, right. yeah, great. Call the pyro guys get the bangs back. Uh, I don't get all the video. I mean, you know, I, I, I work, I've been working for Roger Waters most of my career and he tells a story, you know, he tells a yeah. story. I can see the video there, but you know, GNR, you yeah. know, it's, it's iMag and it's eye candy, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, they need punch, they need lighting, they need pyro, but well, who knows? You, know, actually, who knows? I mean, you actually get a decent lighting punch, you know, just using the damn, I mean, we were doing years ago, we were doing rehearsal with Kiss in, uh, in Detroit, of all places. And Gene, during the middle of the song, because we were going to film a video, the, and so they were, were going to film a video the next day. He stops, he starts waving his arms, and he's like, whoa, whoa, why are the house lights on? And Doc McGee is there, and everybody else is there, and, and we're looking around, and Gene, the house lights are on. <laughs> And he says, no, no, I could see the fucking mix console. I could see the back of the house. I could see the chairs. And he says, bring up the lights. And then somebody went, 
well, the video is at 80%. Yeah. And Gene said, the video, he says, bring up the video. Brought up the video, goes, put it up to 100%. It was like every light in the building. You know what I mean? It's like, ah. Most so he, LED walls are at 20%, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this was an old, this was 10 years ago. Like this was one of the first LED walls. And uh, I, yeah, I might've been 40. Anyway, uh, he's like, well, bring it, you know, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. And then they brought it down and he said, you know, what percentage is that? And then they were talking and uh, a couple of days later, the high def went away and the old school, less expensive video wall was back. The new high def stuff was just too bright. Yeah, and it, and it makes them look old too. <laughs> yeah, he did not like it. So out of rehearsal, bring out, get rid of the old, the new, bring in the old. So yeah, so that's so yeah, so the GNR thing. I think that you know they're they're planning on getting a lot of the lighting effect. I mean, they didn't cancel the lights. I and and this is secondhand knowledge. I haven't seen stage plots or anything yet. I mean, I I talked to the production manager, but I'm talking to him about another band. You know, yeah, I just yeah. asked him a question. You still don't want pyro yet? No, no. Okay, we go back to our other meeting. You you can say OP. It's okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I just talked to OP the other day, <laughs> and I was talking to him about another act. You know, and we're working out. Oh, I'll get this. And I said. Anything for GNR yet? He's like, I'll let you know, you know. But uh, like in the back of, that's my opie. Yeah, I'll get back to you. We have, we've all got an opie impression. It's funny. So yeah, so the uh, the general consensus is, and this is after twenty something years, yeah, you know. Yeah. But if that's what the guy wants, that. But see, you got to look at it from money. It's cheaper, and they're one of the first ones out. They're one of the tests. I mean, yeah. the first one out of that size and that caliber of show, you know, no, no, no disrespect. There's country acts that are out and there's, there's, you know, theater acts yeah. that are out right Foo now. Fighters so. are doing stuff. Right. But are they, yeah. But the, so GNR, but Foo Fighters never had a big production, did they? No, no. They use local stage. They, you know, right, they, right, you know yeah. they, so they, of your, we carry the stage, we carry the video of that end of production. GNR is really one of the first, big ones out of the gate here right uh, we'll see so, what happens yeah i mean hopefully you know we'll get the call and they'll say yeah you know bring back bring some of the pyro because see the, the show that we did with the big video wall still had pyro so he's never done the show with the video wall and no pyro so we'll see how that goes you know <laughs> one won't be the first time won't be the you know but then again like i said it's you know when it comes down to money in the, yeah. especially in these times. I mean, now, how, what have you heard about like crew pay? And, and I, I've heard everything from guys telling me I'm going to double my price because I'm going to be in demand to guys telling me I'll take the first gig that's offered to me because I need money. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, and I've had chats with my crew. I've got three projects going right now and I'm talking to all the crew on it and, you know, we're, everybody's going to get the same as they got last time. You know, that's just what it is, you okay. know, uh, I, I, and, I, and it's understood, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the promoters are in dire straits as much as the artists, as much as the venues, as much as the crews, as much as the vendors. I mean, everybody is in the same situation. You know, I, I don't see why anybody should take less or more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember at, I was talking to Jake a while back and it came up and he went, no, he's either, he already told, 
the, some of the bookers and, you know, the promoters, no, no fucking way. He said, the promoters are going to come out with their hands out saying, look, you got to help me here. You know, you got to help me. I said, I got to, you know, I got to pay my more. I can't call my mortgage company and go, look, yeah. you know, AEG's having a tough time. You know, God forbid one of their execs doesn't get a million dollar bonus. That's, you know. Yeah. So well, I've got to. Ticket prices aren't going to go down. Yeah. So, right. you know, you know the, the budget's still the budget. The deal sheet for the artist and the, and the promoter is still the same. I mean, uh, let's just get back to business as usual, please. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I think. That's what I told my guys. My guys have said, you know, what are we going to I said, dude, you're going to get the best deal I could get you from production. That's yeah. how much I'm going to get you. You know, yeah. we know what the minimum is. We know you're not going to get less than this. Yeah. I can get you 50 bucks, 100 bucks. I get you 10 bucks extra. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it for you. So yeah. th that's that's where we are. But I was just curious because, like I said, I've, I've, I did have spoken to a few people that are like, oh, when the phone rings, I'm jacking my price because they're not going to find another, you know. Well, okay. you know, different artists, you know, are different levels. You know, you can have three different arena acts, but the guarantees for these three different arena acts are different. My rate for three artists that I'm working for right now are th three different rates. Right. You know, there's there's one artist who can pay more and there's others that don't, you know, and I understand that. And, you know, I try to make the crew guys understand that as well. You know, yeah. I mean, an, an artist that has six trucks and, and, and maybe their guarantee is three hundred thousand dollars for show. I mean, they can afford so much, whereas a Roger Waters is going to get over a million dollar guarantee and he's got 20 something trucks. And, you know, it's just all relative, you know, yeah. and, and uh, people got to understand that. But I, I'm not I'm not. I'm not jacking with anybody. My, I'm just trying to go back to business as usual. That's, I think that's, I mean, the, listen, all of us that have been around for a while that have seen fluctuations and seen, you know, things happen. I remember SARS, man, you know, we, it got a little sketchy there for a couple of months. Uh, I know a couple of tours that panicked and canceled. Uh, it's, you know, the guys that have been around, we get it. It's not, this is not the time to rape anybody. This is also not the time to ask for any favors. Everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not beating up promoters either. You know, I, I, I think I'm a firm believer that everybody's got to make money for this business to survive. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having vendors honor the same deal yeah. that was offered before the pandemic and, uh, and they're all complying. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so far, like I said, we've, we've got a couple of tours that were scheduled to go out in 19 didn't go out and we just brushed off the paperwork and I sent it to production and went, they said, well, we need a new bid. I just checked with all my suppliers, a couple of little increases, nothing yeah. crazy. Yeah. Trucking and busing are going to be more, but that's just what it is. You right. know? Yeah. And, and for us, like see some of our pyro suppliers because of trucking, because of, for them to get their supplies. So if their supplies went up, our yeah. supplies, you know, but anyway, I, you know, we're, I'm recycling, here you go. This is what we were getting paid in 2019. And this is, this is the deal we struck. And yeah. you know, you I'll honor it if you'll honor it. And everyone's like, yeah, fantastic. Great. Yeah, Thanks. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Perfect. So wait, I have a Roger Waters question for you, please. Desert trip. Yeah. That's, that's where I saw you last, right? Yeah. 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 You went on the night before us. No, we went on the Sunday. Who had to have the stage made bigger, higher? Was that you or McCartney? Uh, uh, might have been us because we had the we had the chimneys that were built into the structure. Because the Stones did the Friday, right? And then McCartney, uh, and McCartney did the Saturday, and Roger right. did the Sunday. 
Okay, because I remember hearing a story when we were loading out or something and more trucks were coming in and we were like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we got to lift this tower and put more sections in. And it was like some prop or something. And I was like, oh, that's got to be Roger Waters. Yeah, that's- yeah, yeah. We, we had, the, we had the, the animals' chimneys that were built into the back of the stage that came up during the show. Yeah, yeah that, I think that, that Stone's finale was fabulous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Trip. That was fabulous. That. Did you shoot that? Was that the, did, oh, hell yeah. yeah that's what I, yeah. I thought you did. I thought oh, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I see, like, when you said, like, do I tour with the Stones? No, but yes. Like, okay, what are you doing? We're doing four weeks in South America. Yeah, I'm going. You know, what are we doing? We're doing 12 weeks. All right, I can't be out of the shop for 12 weeks. You know what I mean? So sure, four weeks around South America and then desert trip. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on. Count me in, you know? Right, right. So yeah, I can still sneak out for little stuff. I just, you know, don't want to take take off for anything long. But yeah, thank you. I loved I That was so much fun. That is, I mean, I love, because I've done uh, Coachella a bunch of times, you know? Yeah. We're very familiar with that gig. That orientation of the stage was nice, though, that, that they changed it for Desert Trip. Yeah, I, 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 I got a bus and parked the bus in our compound and stayed for the whole weekend. I saw, I saw everybody. I saw all the shows, visited with all my friends. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Nice. Really wonderful. Okay, nice. so before, before I let you go, I probably kept you long. But before I let you go, okay, your career with the Stones. Um. Keith Richards story. Give me a Keith Richards story to close this podcast up. So way back, way back, way back when, and uh, start me up, banana pop uh, across the front of the stage, right? And Keith likes to take a step or two or maybe three, or maybe it's a step, step stumble. You know, so he likes to- That was a good impression by the way. Thank you. No, all right, Keith, listen. There's pyro here, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Keith, look, I'm gonna you're I'm gonna shoot off four of them. Now there's gonna be 40 of them for the night, right? But four of them are gonna be really close to you. So I'm gonna shoot those off, right? For you right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Ronnie, uh, shoot off some pyro. Hey, Ronnie, come on. Ron, I'm not worried about you because I understand if I tell you to stand here, you're gonna fucking stand here. See, Ron's like, oh, am I good? Am I good to stand here? Yeah, done. That's where the man's gonna stand, right? So, Keith, all right, you ready? Yeah, all right. Don't stare right at him because. <laughs> Just kind of look around them. Okay. Boof. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's going to be great. <sighs> Beginning of the show. He's walking towards the front of the stage, walking towards the front of the stage. I'm like, God damn it. Damn. I look where he is. He's actually in kind of in between two of them. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm either going to end my career <laughs> or it's going to be a great story. Wham. Wham! He sticks his head up. He looks over at me. I wave at him and go like that. And then he comes over love and it's like, fuck it. I go, don't ever do that to me again. And the radio's blowing. Did you see where he was? Could you see him? Did you? He got, he laughed. He was like, yeah, he loved it. He was, you know, he was safe where he was. But, you know, a couple of feet this way, a couple of feet that way. I knew I was going to put the fear of God into him. And it did. And he, 
you never got that close ever again. No, Great guy. Never, never yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I love on your, uh, was it your Instagram page or your Facebook page or something? Oh, you sometimes I go off on that. Photo with, with him. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was so much fun spending time with you. Um, great, I appreciate man. you doing this. You know, it was great storytelling. I love, I love hearing about the technology. I love all of it. Matt, you got anything for Pete? Well, I was just going to, you know, parrot that same thing. I love the technology. I love the old school stories. Um, anything that kind of uh, blasts me back to the past. Cause you know, I remember a lot of those shows and blast me back to the past was on on purpose there. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, you did. Yeah. I got blasted back to the past and, you know, you know, as far as like some of the stories, like except at the Agora and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, I loved it. So. Oh, to the wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, cool. Well, well, best of luck to you. Best of luck to image and, you know, say hi to Doug Adams for me. I've just been a long time since, uh, since I've, I've seen him and uh, right on. Let's get back to work, my friend. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks, Pete. Nice to meet you, Thank man. Thank you. Thanks Be for well. having me, guys. See ya.